action. Lord, teach us today as we continue in our Generosity Journey series of what is meant by sacrificial generosity. Teach us this through Jesus, our Savior. In his name we pray, amen. Grace to you, friends. Uh, we are uh, continuing with our sermon series. Welcome to week three. Uh, throughout the month of November, we are extending the invitation to you to go on a generosity journey with us. In this series, we are exploring the quality of our generosity, and we're focusing on three key biblical concepts relative to the quality of our generosity. The first one is that it be intentional, secondly, sacrificial, and thirdly, joyful. Our generosity is to be intentional, sacrificial, and joyful. Last week, we concentrated on the first one, that generosity is to be intentional. It's not accidental. It's something we intentionally give our attention to, and we plan in advance our generosity. Today, we're going to focus on that second concept, that our generosity is to be sacrificial, that there is a, a bit of a pinch, if you will, to the process of being generous. You know, if you think about it, at the heart of biblical faith is sacrifice. Throughout the scriptures, we see this time and time again. We think about, for, for example, old man Abraham. Abraham, who was asked by God to sacrifice his own son Isaac. And this was done as a test of Abraham's faith. You remember the story. As Abraham and Isaac were walking toward Mount Moriah, where all of this was to take place, Isaac asked the question, Father, where is the lamb for the sacrifice? Abraham knew all too well where the lamb was. And his response was, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And when they arrived at the place, Abraham bound his son Isaac and was about to slay him when God's angel stopped him from doing that. And a ram was provided as a substitute sacrifice. Abraham had passed the test of his faith. And this entire story of Abraham being willing to sacrifice his son at God's instruction, that entire story points forward to the great sacrifice that would take place centuries later when God himself would offer his only son as the sacrifice for all sin. And the remarkable thing about that is Jesus is both the son and the substitute. Jesus is the son of God and he was our substitute sacrifice when he gave his life on the cross. But as we look throughout biblical history, we see that sacrifice was central. Think about Moses. Moses, who went up on Mount Sinai and received instructions from God 
Those instructions from God included it, words about sacrifices in relation to the worship of God at the tabernacle. If you remember, the tabernacle was a large tent. It looks something like this. This is a life-size replica of the Old Testament tabernacle. And notice that outside the tabernacle was the altar of burnt offerings, where offerings were offered to God. From the beginning, you see, sacrifice was integral to the worship of God. And the people were to bring the very best of their flocks for sacrifice, not the, uh, the ones that were not so good, the undesirable ones. They were to bring the best of what they had. And that really kind of underscores this point about sacrificial generosity, that there is something of a pinch, if you will, to sacrifice. We'll unpack that a little more later. As the story goes on in biblical history, after the Israelites settled in the promised land of Canaan, eventually the temple was built in Jerusalem, and the temple was patterned after the tabernacle, including an altar of burnt offerings in the courtyard outside the sanctuary itself. And again, in the time of the temple, the people were to bring their best, the first fruits of their blessings for the worship of the Lord. And again, there is something of a pinch to their sacrifice. And so too with our, our sacrifice as well. You give up something of value to you, you know, when you bring a sacrifice of generosity for the worship of the Lord. Something that really matters to you. There's kind of a pinch involved. Now, on another note related to sacrifice, sacrifice was also how the people were reassured that their sins were covered over. This was made, of course, most evident on the Day of Atonement, Yom Kippur in Hebrew. Once a year on that day, the Day of Atonement, the high priest would go into the Holy of Holies, the innermost sanctuary of the temple, and there he would offer a lamb as a sacrifice for sin, a sacrificial lamb. But take note of this. When we think about all of those Old Testament sacrifices of animals, all of those sacrifices connected to the Old Covenant only covered over the sins of the people. The blood of animals was not sufficient to remove the sins of the people. The sacrifices merely covered them over. And all of those sacrifices, you see, anticipated the day when they would finally be fulfilled in the great sacrifice of the Lord's Messiah, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. You see, Jesus' death on a cross doesn't just cover over the sins like they used to be. Jesus' death on the cross takes them away forever. And all who trust in him as their savior are forgiven fully of all their wrongs. 
So Jesus' death and his resurrection show us the magnitude of God's love for people that he would offer such a sacrifice so that we might be his eternally. And God's great sacrifice of his own son now invites a response from us. It invites a response of sacrificial generosity on our part, not to earn anything, not as an obligation, something we have to do under the law, but simply as a thank you, a thank you to a good and gracious God who has given his very son that we might have eternal life. Sacrificial generosity is a response of gratitude to God having first loved us. And sacrificial generosity is actually meant to be a lifestyle, a way of living our life as Christians. Now granted, if we're honest, our sacrificial living is not perfect in this life. But the goal isn't perfection. The goal is the increasing quality of this sacrificial lifestyle, that we would be growing and maturing in our understanding of sacrificial generosity, and that we would find joy in doing it. In Luke chapter 21, we see a really marvelous example of someone who modeled a sacrificial lifestyle. We heard the gospel read a moment ago, but I'd like to read this again from Luke 21, 1 through 4. While Jesus was in the temple, he watched the rich people dropping their gifts in the collection box and then a poor widow came by and dropped in two small coins. I tell you the truth, Jesus said, this poor widow has given more than all the rest of them, for they have given a tiny part of their surplus, but she, poor as she is, has given everything she has. That poor widow lived what we might call a sacrificial lifestyle. I want to show this next image of this woman in the midst of the crowds of all the wealthy dropping in their, their monies. She puts in her last two coins. She lived a sacrificial lifestyle and Jesus praised her for it. And now notice it wasn't the quantity of her gift that caught Jesus' attention. It was the quality, the quality. Her gift, after all, was only two small coins, probably worth less than two of our U.S. pennies, far less in quantity than the wealthy people around her gave that day. But she sacrificed. She gave her last two coins, and she trusted in God to provide for her needs. That's the sacrificial, generous lifestyle. And for that, she is honored and remembered to this day. Even in the preaching of this sermon, we honor this unnamed woman. So now we ask, what is sacrifice for us? What does that mean for us here at Shepherd of the Desert? Well, 
Sacrifice, first of all, it means forfeiting for the sake of the gospel. It means giving up a portion of what you have so that others can hear and learn of Jesus' love. Being willing to forfeit, not from the last of what you've been given, but from the first fruits of what you've been given, the best of what you have, giving that for the purpose of helping someone else come to know Jesus as their Savior, forfeiting for the sake of the gospel. And secondly, sacrifice involves that feeling the pinch. All right, let's explore that a little bit, feeling the pinch. All right, when was the last time you went to the dentist and you got that Novocaine shot? I don't know, is Dr. Bruce here? He's my dentist. I get that Novocaine shot. It's kind of like that. You feel the pinch for a little bit. Or when a child gets a shot, they don't like it at first, but ultimately it is good for them. In other words, you don't have to lose an arm or a leg to practice sacrificial generosity, but there is a little bit of a wince involved in sacrifice. Today's theme is appropriate. Pastor Scott selected it. I like it. It's got a bit of humor to it. This is today's theme. Generosity needs a Band-Aid, not a tourniquet. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to lose an arm or a leg in our sacrificial generosity, but there is a bit of a pinch involved. If you've been reading 2 Corinthians 8 and 9, the basis of this sermon series, and following along with what Paul has been saying to those Corinthian Christians, you know that he called for sacrificial generosity from them. And in doing so, he reminded them of the sacrifice that those Macedonian Christians had done and given, those who lived further north in Greece. And he talked about how the fact that even out of their poverty and extreme trial, they gave generously. They practiced sacrificial generosity. And that is our call too, friends, to practice sacrificial generosity. So let me just ask you the question, where is God calling you to sacrifice? Where is God calling you to feel that little bit of a pinch, to give from the best that God has given you for the sake of someone else coming to know Jesus and having the gift of eternal life? As was mentioned last week, here at Shepherd of the Desert, we have a variety of instruments to assist you in sharing your gifts for the sake of mission and ministry, of practicing your uh, uh, generosity in a very practical way. So I want to put this back up on the screen about four ways. Here are four ways that you can practice sacrificial giving at Shepherd. The first is, is one that we want to encourage more and more of our members to consider, and that is setting up in advance with your bank a direct withdrawal that would go toward Shepherd of the Desert's ministry. That it happens on a regular, consistent basis. You decide the amount, you decide the frequency, and it's done. Or perhaps you choose to donate by your telephone. You can text uh, SOTDAZ to that number there, and uh, do that on a regular basis as your means of practicing sacrificial generosity. 
Maybe you want to just donate online at our website. Go to shepherdaz.church to the donation page and make a regular donation there because it's more convenient. Or if you would like, you can use the traditional offering envelopes. Write a check, put it in there, or put cash in there and bring that each week to worship. Place it in the offering basket as your way of practicing sacrificial generosity. Whichever way you choose, be intentional and feel the pinch for the purpose of helping someone else follow Jesus. By the way, this week in the mail, you're going to be receiving one of these cards we're calling consecration cards. We're gonna ask you to respond in writing to a couple of questions. And then bring these with you next Sunday, November 24th, which we're calling Consecration Sunday. We're gonna bring these together and place them in the offering plate. But the questions are these. First of all, how is your generosity journey changing? As you've been going through this series, how is your generosity journey changing? Could you jot a few thoughts about that? We're interested in hearing how people's journey is progressing. And then secondly, how will your generosity here at Shepherd be more intentional, sacrificial, and joyful? We would ask that you just respond to those two questions on the front, and if you need the back, you can add more to it and bring that with you next Sunday. Next week in our Generosity Journey series, we will uh, finish it up as we explore the third component of the quality of our generosity, and that is joyful. For indeed, generosity is meant to be a joyful uh, practice as we worship the Lord with our gifts. Today, friends, as you ponder anew the immensity of God's great sacrifice for you at the cross, may your heart respond with gratitude and with a renewed commitment to practice sacrificial generosity to the glory of God. Amen. Let's pray.